It's the beginning of a new year. It's a new season. It's winter, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like winter. But all that being said, that means it's time once again to wrap everything up with your favorite quarterly podcast, The Seasonal Anime Checkup. It is episode number 20, The Big 2-0 of this very podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and today we will be covering fall 2018 and previewing winter 2019. Always those weird episodes where you have to like, you have to remember to put years in all the seasons because there's differences because it's a new year and all that. But that's what we are going to do today as we kick off the new year when talking about some anime because that's what we do. Uh, so thank you once again for joining wherever you're listening to this room, whether it's on iTunes, Google Play, or on the website seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool. So let's just dive right into some uh, some anime. We have fall anime, fall anime, fall 2018 anime to to discuss first. And there's quite a few episodes I watched. Mostly a lot of these because of because of working on uh, features for Crunchyroll. So some of these might seem a little strange for me, but others are probably also not going to. Let's start off with the first series because we're doing these in alphabetical order, like, order like always. Uh, you know, a show I wasn't necessarily planning on watching, but I ended up did and was actually very surprised by uh, the second season of Ace Attorney. And quite frankly, you could probably position this as like the biggest surprise or turnaround of the year, considering, you know, we talked about the first season of Ace Attorney on this very podcast uh, when it initially aired, I think, two years ago. And that series was just a dumpster fire. Like, it, the animation was just bad constantly. And just the way they kind of cruised through a lot of the story bits, it just wasn't that great. And going into this, it was like, okay, well, you would think they would have learned the lessons that was that happened in that first season. They would, you know, make the animation better. And also, they're, they are retelling you know, arguably the best game of the series. So... You know, you don't want to see that get, like, just completely demolished under bad animation and bad storytelling. But, honestly, I think they actually did turn it around. Like, the animation hasn't been as bad. Like, there's maybe been a few spots here and there. But other than that, it's it's been very serviceable. Um, the storytelling is, you know, it, it is as it is, you know, for a game adaptation and having to cram a, you know, a, a longer story into a TV series. So, you know, you're going to have some stuff here missing it here and there, but like, that's just the way these types of things are. Uh, even like they, the filler this time has been much better than it was originally. Like, you know, they added a, a anime exclusive case and it fell pretty much in line with the type of writing and storytelling that you would find in the games. So that helped as well. Um, you still haven't gotten to like the meat and potatoes of, the third game yet so you know that's happening in the second half of the season but legitimately it's been a huge surprise that this series has kind of turned it around in the ways that they did and I am <laughs> I'm pleasantly shocked and glad that they were able to do that and honestly like it's it's one of those things where like you might recommend people watch this series now like obviously I would not say go back and watch the first season because that's just bad but if you want to get in on the ground floor like 
I think this might be the way to do it. Because it seems like it is, they've turned it around and made it actually pretty decent in a way that I 100% was not expecting. Uh, up next, we have another game adaptation in Conception, which, foo boy. Uh, I wrote about this for, for Crunchyroll, and, you know, the, let's, 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 be, let's be real. Conception's not good. It's not, it's not. But there are ways that it can surprise you. It can, you know, it can, you know, mess with your expectations of what this type of anime is going to be. And it's kind of similar in a way to like, you know, a high school of the dead in that sort of way where you could you could look at this, look at this very much as like satire in that sort of way. Um, but also you are getting what you pretty much think you're going to get. You know, it's a lot of risque fan service stuff, um, especially with a with a premise of, hey, make babies to have them fight in a dungeon, which is that's what the game is. And obviously this is similar in that vein. But they do do some interesting things with, like, the comedy and stuff and, you know, what other show out there is parodying The Bachelor of all things and literally making an episode devoted to that concept of making it into a reality show and it actually working in a way that you wouldn't expect in that it's like, hey, they know how to, like, kind of, they know the, the archetypes of a reality show, they know how to hit those beats and it works surprisingly well. But, you know, it is also, it is it is what you're you're signing up for if you're watching this show. So, you, you pretty much know what you're going to get. Uh, up next, uh, Golden Kamui, which I also watched all of Season 1 and Season 2 for, for this season. So, it kind of got, like, everything crunched together. But, um, you know, a lot of people in summer were saying, like, oh, man, this show is really good. You need to check this out. Spring or summer. One of those two. Whenever the first season aired. And, yeah, they were right. They were totally right. The show does really good storytelling. The characters are really, really good. Um, obviously, I can't speak to, like, how it it is between the manga and the anime because I haven't read the manga. I know some people were kind of critical about the way the adaptation is going, but I can't speak to that. But, uh... I really, really enjoyed my time going through Golden Kamui, and especially because I guess I didn't really know 100% what to expect going in. Like, I knew kind of some of it. I knew it was, like, a weird show, and it it is weird in a lot of different ways, but it is also very engrossing and just captivating in the ways that, you know, it hooks you in with the story and keeps you going with a large variety of characters in this in the series, so it does a really good job of that. Uh, up next is Rewrited, which is weird because this show basically ended in November because the first four episodes kind of hit immediately and then it just kept going. So it, it almost is like, oh, yeah, I forgot the show was even in fall. Um, you know, it's traditional sci-fi type of show, like nothing super surprising here that you wouldn't find in any other uh, work of art in the in the medium or in the genre, I should say. But uh you know, it was fine. Like, nothing groundbreaking, but it did kind of what you would expect in terms of, like, you know, doing time travel stuff and having to work around the constraints of time travel and not make your whole story into this, like, convoluted mess. And I think, like, the way they kind of utilize time travel as, like, 
a mechanic where you can't abuse it was actually very interesting because usually in these types of stories where time travels involved, like it kind of does get abused in a way where it's like, oh, you can just do whatever willy nilly, you know, if you mess something up, you just go back and fix it. And in this, like, you don't have unlimited time tries to go back or forward in time. And it makes for an interesting setup of like, okay, well, if I have this limited amount of time to do stuff, and if I try and do anything that kind of skirts around that, it, it subjects me, like, what exactly do you do? And I think the series does uh, some interesting things with that and answering those types of questions, which is probably the more interesting parts of this series. Um, obviously, there's a lot of criticism over the main character, Derrida, which, you know, I think are fair because he's not necessarily like, the smartest or just like the most well well-versed protagonist out there but you know he he he's there to do protagonist things and he does a serviceable job of those so uh up next we have a few more shows left uh run with the wind sports series about running you know it's in the title um I believe this was done by the same production team that does, like, Haikyuu, so, like, that pedigree of, like, really good animation and really good-looking anime is there, and it certainly has all those aspects. It's a very kind of interesting show because you can kind of look at it as, like, here's this guy who wants to run the uh, the Ekidan in, in Japan for, like, New Year's, and then, like, just kind of blackmails and bullies all these other people into doing it, and then they just kind of get into it anyways, um, so it's like a very weird concept, especially for a sports anime, because usually, you know, for team-based activities like that, and this is kind of team-based, but also running is also an individual sport in its own right, but usually, you know, you know, you have teams and they're kind of like set up already, or they come together with common goals. Most of the time, they're not just like blackmailed into, <laughs> into doing the sport, but this has that as well, and, um... Definitely some interesting drama so far, especially because like it is a is going to go into next season. So we'll be curious to see how all that shapes out. But uh, especially because you know it's a show about running, so you have to build up to people progressing in their times and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see like how much more they can get out of this in the second half of the series, and like I guess what other what other drama they can unfold because they've definitely pursued that throughout the first 11 episodes but uh the back half will definitely have to have like the the Hakane Ekiden in it and you know what other things that they're going to get into what other mischief or drama they'll get into before then and seeing how they all come together and tackle a monumentous running event uh up next we have Skullface bookseller Honda-san which is a, a short form anime um it was very good, you know, a good comedy about the, the trials and tribulations of working in retail, which, if you've never worked in retail, is just not fun. And this kind of, like, gets at the core of that and also, like, the ways of dealing with customers, customer service, all of that. And specifically in a bookstore, which I, I haven't had the the opportunity to, like, work in, but from people who have, like, talked about it, like, they, they mentioned, like, oh, like, this is fairly accurate to, like, how how it is to work in a bookstore like you know these tropes or jokes that are kind of being thrown in here like those are completely accurate that's like that's what happens so it's it's fairly interesting that you get like that kind of representation and accuracy from a short form comedy but it, it totally works and just the way all the characters kind of work together and how they're like 
I don't, they're not necessarily characters, but just like costumed up and everything makes it work a little bit more because it's not like it's not super realistic and, and like kind of that helps with the comedy, but it it super works and it, it I think it helps as well that it's short form, so like it doesn't overstay its welcome with like the jokes and everything. So you know you you get in, you get out, and you have exactly what you want in like you know thirteen minutes, and it totally works for the series. Uh, up next, we have Sarune, which is technically still airing because it kind of aired very late in the season for some reason. Uh, this is the new show from Kyoto Animation, uh, a sports anime about Kyoto or Japanese archery, which you've probably seen like big bows and shooting into targets, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's traditional Kyoto Animation stuff where it looks fantastic. Like you, you kind of expect that at this point. Like. It would be more surprising if, like, oh, man, it's cute animation. It doesn't look that good. But this this totally does. And I think the interesting part about this series is that it deals with the idea of, like, uh, there's a concept in archery called target panic where, you know, you just can't shoot at a target. Like, you keep missing and missing and missing. And it's a basically a mental aspect of the game that you just can't overcome. And how do you overcome that? And, you know, the interesting question, the interesting answer is, like, there is no right or wrong answer to it. Like you, the blueprint for everyone coming or overcoming this is not going to be the same. So what works for one person, as we've seen with like the coach and, you know, he dealt with it, uh, is not going to be the same for our protagonist. And that's kind of part of the course in terms of like, you know, anything mental that happens in our lives, whether it's sports where you can apply this to, any number of sports it just happens all the time in sports or just in daily general lives with like mental illnesses and stuff like you know if you have a form of mental illness like it's not going to be this you're not going to be able to have the same diagnosis and um i guess prognosis or whatever of like here's how this is going to help or help you with dealing with this like that's not going to be the same from person to person to person it's going to be different from each individual person and you know that happens here and that's that's one of the interesting things about this show is like how do you deal with that and so far it's like well i still have this i'm still trying to battle through this i don't you know i don't know and that's a perfectly understandable answer is that you might not know how to deal with this but you're going to try whatever you can to deal with this uh and i think that's one been one of the real interesting factors of this show is is showing that in a way that you know I guess a lot of sports animes kind of don't really tackle in a way. It's just like, oh, if I'm having, like, if I'm in a slump, like, you know, that's the thing as well. You know, if you're in a slump, like, you, sometimes you'll just get out of it because of just hard work and determination. But sometimes, you know, it's going to take a lot longer. And usually, especially in shorter form TV series, like 12 episodes or even 24 episodes, you know, you're not going to get that much detail or devotion into, like, oh, I'm in the slump or whatever, and I need to get out of it. Usually it's going to be like, well couple episodes you're done you figured it out you got through it but this has been like the entire series has been built around this idea of like how do i get through this uh target panic and the answer is so far shrug shoulders i don't know but i'm gonna try and figure it out which i think is just it's been very interesting i think because because like i said you just don't really see the that that much in anime or even just like sports shows in general like where it's this long form of a a storyline uh and finally we have Zombie Land Saga, the show that kind of blew up over the fall season. Um, 
I, I wrote about this in terms of like how it's it basically kind of subverts your expectations of like what zombie shows are and all that where like you know usually it's like oh zombie show means it's horror so it's a you know a um post-apocalypse or that sort of thing but here's just like you know hey we made zombies into idols sure and it just it kind of goes off that concept and just gets more and more ridiculous as the series goes on and it works in a way that i guess it, it almost gives you like i wrote about where zombie fatigue is real like it has been for the last like five years and you know you've seen so many zombie shows that have kind of the same general premise and this comes along and it's almost a breath of fresh air because it's not the same thing as everything else it's something different and fits into that zombie archetype but doesn't go the same route as everything else so it's it's almost like oh wow this is a new thing in this in this genre and it totally works and i think as well it helps that it fits into the idol show archetype as well and basically hits all those same beats so you might even like kind of argue that like while it is a breath of fresh air for zombie uh the zombie genre for the idol genre it's kind of you know the similar types of tropes and everything that you will see in in those types of shows but with the way the show is set up it's going to be kind of introducing those tropes to a more broad audience because it's not just strictly an idol show so that's i think that is an argument for it to why that works because you know most people that watch the show may not necessarily cross over into idol shows as well so they're now getting acclimated to these tropes and everything but if you look at it as from someone who's watched idol shows like it's it's nothing real it's not it's nothing real new it's pretty much the same stuff that you would see in stuff like love live and all that sort of stuff so but the show itself it's really really good um does a great job of mixing like comedy and serious drama and then they somehow got the voice of Sailor Moon to just yell guttural zombie noises the entire season, which is just like, sure, why not? Like, that's just a, that's an inspired choice, and it totally works. Uh, so that's pretty much uh, the shows that I mainly, I watched all the way through, through fall season. Let's dive into winter of 2019 and see what's happening What's coming up, what's happening, all that jazz, what will be airing, or what's currently already airing, because there's going to be some stuff that hit early and all that stuff, you know. Starting off, we have 3D Kanajo 2 from Hoods Entertainment. It's the second season of 3D Kanajo. Straight to the point. Uh, next up, we have 5 Tobon, or Tobun no Hanayome from Tezuka Productions. One day, a poor high school second year named Futaro... Uesugi comes across a private tutoring gig with good pay, but his pupils are his classmates, and they're quintuplets, and they're all gorgeous girls, but they're also troublemakers who hate to study and are on the verge of flunking out, and his first task is simply gaining the sister's trust. Every day is a party. The curtain is rising on the Nakano quintuplets' quirky romantic comedy with five times the cute. B Project, Zetsu Emotion from A1 Pictures, is the second season of B Project. This just looks, looks like, um, it's a male idol show from the looks of it bang dream second season from Sanzigen, the official sponsor of new japan World wrestling currently uh it's the second season of bang dream which if you don't know what it is it's a kind of another idol show because it's well it's based around like five different like groups one of them is an idol group and the other are kind of like more traditional bands and all that stuff um so yeah 
Bermuda Triangle, colorful pastrelle from Seven Arcs. The glittering spotlights, the sparkling, fluffy, fluffy, cute outfits, the charming voices while dancing with bright smiles. Under the dazzling lights on, on the big city stage, those who would be the mermaid idols who swim and dance freely underwater. But far from the, from the big city, the girls once lived in the peaceful village of Perel. These girls who would not even imagine such a glittering future for themselves are instead just ra raising a fuss over the snack cakes they're eating. This is the story of the cheerful daily lives of mermaids who strive their hardest every day. That sounds like a, it's like an idol show mixed with like K-On slice of life style. Uh, Boogie Pop Wa Walawane from Madhouse. Uh, there is an urban legend that children tell one another about a Shinigame that can relate or release people from the pain that they may be suffering. This angel of death has a name, Boogie Pop, and the legends are true. Boogie Pop is real. Circlet Princess from Silverlink. The game follows a fictional near-future eSport. Oh yeah! <laughs> Utilizes a mixed reality system developed from augmented reality technology. The story centers on a fledgling team of high school girls from St. Union Academy who pursue the sport of circlet bout. Finally, anime is getting into eSports. Uh, Data Live 3 from JC Staff is the third season of Data Live. Dimension High School, which just has a live-action poster with, with, with technically not, I guess. Oh, okay. The high school boys are transported to an anime world where, while they are in cram school, since then they start school life in the anime world they are transported to. So I guess it is technically both live action and anime. Domestic no Kanajo from Dio Medea. High schooler Natsu Natsuo is hopelessly in love with his cheerful and popular teacher, Hina. However, one day at a mixer, he meets a moody girl by the name of Rui and ends up sleeping with her. Soon after, his father announces he's getting remarried to a woman with two daughters up on of her own, and who shows up in tow other than Hina and Rui? Natsuo's outrageous new life starts now. Dororo from Mappa. Dororo, a young orphan thief, falls into the company of, oh god, Hiyakikimaru, a powerful demon-hunting ronin. Before Hiyakikimaru's birth, his father, a greedy feudal lord, made a pact with 40 demons and let them each take a piece of his unborn son's body. Wow. In return for granting him great power, Hiyakikimaru was born without arms, legs, eyes, ears, a nose, and or mouth, a barely human creature, and his father had him thrown in the river. He was rescued and raised by Dr. Hanma, who made him artificial limbs and helped him learn to fight the demons. Each time he defeats one, he reclaims one piece of his body. Now he and Dororo travel together through the war-torn countryside. That's a lot. Diokunon wa Hiza Tokidoki Atama no Ue from Zero-G. Mystery writer Mi Mikazaki Subaru, who isn't good at dealing with people, finds them to be a disturbance when it comes to building this imaginary world. One day, he chances upon a stray cat and feels inspiration strike, so he brings the cat home as, the muse, as his muse. Him watching the inexplicable behaviors of a cat form material for a novel. I mean, probably cats are weird. Igal no Daika from Tatsunoku Production. Uh, it is an original anime celebrating the 55th anniversary of Tatsunoku Production. On a planet far from Earth, there is a kingdom full of smiling faces. Princess Yuki is 12 years old and about to enter a sensitive age in a person's life. Every day she cries, laughs, and sometimes her heart throbs with excitement. All the while, she lives merrily in the royal palace. Filling her days with color are her loyal vessels. Her tutor, Reira Izana, who assists in political affairs, the leader of the chivalry, chivalry Herald. And then there is her childhood friend and aide, Joshua. <laughs> Yuki, if you have spirit, you can do it. Here's some quotes. Stella is 17 years old and a capable reserve soldier. However, she is always smiling, for smiling is essential to living. This is a story of two girls born on distant planets. It's a lot. Endro from Studio Gokumi. 
The anime's story is set on Narl Island, a continent with swords and magic in which humans and monsters coexist. The terrible Demon King lives there. In ancient times, the first generation hero defeated the Demon King. Over the many successful generations since then, the Demon King has been resurrected, and the hero who opposes him has likewise reappeared. Girls attend a school for adventurers in order to defeat the Demon King when he appears again. Though a bit absent-minded, Yusha has the body of a hero. The holy elf Seiya's trouble never ends because she is too serious. The cheerful warrior Fai loves to eat. Mei is a quiet otaku magician. As the four girls aim to be in the hero party, they live relaxed fantasy lives and show no sign of defeating the Demon King no matter how much time passes. Fukijin na Mono no Kian Suzuki from Pyo Plus is the second season of that. Girly Air Force from Satellite. Uh, in the novel story, mysterious flying creatures known as Zai suddenly appear, and, and in order to fight the creatures, mankind creates fighter aircraft called Daughters, as well as the automatic fighting mechanism Anima, which are shaped like human girls. The story centers on a young man named Kei Narutani, who yearns to fly in the sky, and an, and an Anima considered to be humanity's trump card, a girl named Gripen. Grimm's Notes, the animation from Brainspace. Apparently this is a video game. The game takes place in a world called or created by a being known as Storytellers. At birth, all inhabitants of this world are bestowed with the Book of Fate, where all their lives are written in advance. However, rogue storytellers known as Chaos Tellers are writing bad events in the people's books without them knowing. It is up to the holders of blank books of fate to seek out the Chaos Tellers and restore the world. Kageyasama wa Kokura Tsetai Tensai Tachi no Renai Zunosen from A1 Pictures. Kageya Shinomiya and Miyuki Shiragane are the members of the incredibly prestigious Shuichian Academy Student Council, asserting their positions as geniuses among geniuses. All the time they spend together has caused the two to develop feelings for each other, but their pride will not allow them to be the one to confess and become the submissive one in the relationship. Love is war, and their battle to begin the other to confess begins now. So it's based off a manga, which I have somewhat read, and it was pretty decent, so I'll probably be checking that out. Uh, Kakeguri... XX for MAPPA. A second season of the anime series. There you go. Kimono Friends 2 from Tomasan. It's the second season of that. Which I guess that's going to be interesting because, like, it's a technically a different team and, like, director working on that. So, like, I guess it'll be interesting to see, like, how that pays out and if people like it the same as they did the first series, which kind of blew up in a way that was surprising. Kimuri uh, Kusa from Yayarozu. The science fiction action story follows girls who fight with weird entities named, nicknamed Mushi, or Bugs, and survive in a world of red fog, based on Tatsuki's winning entry from the 24th 3D anime contest in 2012 of the same name. Koya no Kotobuki Hikotai from Gimba. Uh, the story will take place in the barren frontier which people trade goods with each other in order to help each other survive. The Kotobuki squadron are bodyguards for hire, led by a strict but beautiful squadron leader and an unreliable commanding officer, and a true artisan of a crew chief. Alongside pilots who don't lack for personality, they take the air in dogfights, letting the engine noise of their Hayabusa fighters ring, ring out in the skies. Maho Shoujin Tokushusen Asuka from Leiden Films. When the Earth is threatened by the sudden appearance of undead creatures, a group of young women blessed with powers from a mysterious source rose to defeat them. Now, after three years of apparent peace, the same malevolent creatures have resurfaced. Five magical girls are once again conscripted to to war as the Magical Girl Special Ops Force. <laughs> wow. To defend mankind from an unholy nemesis. Man, uh, Manaka no Rikun from Asakura Create. The home, cre home comedy creates... Or, uh, let's try it again. The home comedy centers on the mischievous boy Rikun and his eccentric family. 
Meiji Tokyo Rencon from TMS Entertainment in his fifth anniversary event at Meiji. So it was just an adaptation of the video game. Or, as I, as it says, a romance simulation game for female, which just means it's in the Tome. Uh, Mob Cycle 102 from Bones. It's the second season of Mob Cycle 100. So I'm interested in that. Uh, Pastel Memories from Project Number 9. The Otaku Girls role-playing game takes, play, takes place a little bit in the future in 20XX. Always a good start. Akihabara, which was once called the Otaku Holy Land, is now in decline after Otaku culture itself has declined. Players take on the, the role of a manager of one of the few remaining Otaku shops. The manager helps to raise... Oh, this is about the game. The manager helps to raise various talented Otaku girls and together... Players in the, in, the, in the girls' battle of viruses infecting the world of various works while also retrieving people's lost memories. Piano no More 2 from Gaina is the second season of that. Revisions from Shiragumi. This is a prediction. An extreme crisis will befall the five of you, fall the five of you someday. At the time, you five will protect everyone. Daisuke Dojima is a second-year high school student who, as a child, was kidnapped. Daisuke, along with his his friends Guy, Lu, Mari Mari, and Keisaku, get wrapped up in the mysterious phenomenon known as the Shibuya Drift. I mean, if this is like Tokyo Drift, that's pretty good. The central area of Shibuya rises up and is transported at least 300 years in the future. What awaits them is a vast wasteland and forest dotted with ruins. There, they will work with the future people revisions to operate giant mecha mecha bleh, mechanical monsters. Daisuke meets a girl named Milo, who has the same name as the person who kidnapped Daisuke. Milo informs Daisuke that he's the only one who can operate the doll weapon string puppet and protect Shibuya. Daisuke and his friends must take back the present by fighting the future in a town of isolation against an unknown enemy. I guess this is a Netflix show, because it has a Netflix logo on it. Rinshi Ekeda-chan. The manga centers around the titular Ekoda who works various jobs and explores the city nightlife. While she has a boyfriend, she's warned to casual relationships and taking it seriously. She considers popular girls, which she labels Birds of Prey, her natural enemy. Star Twinkle Precure from Toei Animation. It's another Precure anime. Tate no Yusha no Naregare from Kinema Citrus, which I believe is like the legend of the shield hero or something. Naofumi Iwatane, an uncharismatic otaku who spends his days on games and manga, suddenly finds himself summoned to a parallel universe. He discovers he is one of four heroes equipped with legendary weapons and tasked with saving the world from his prophesized destruction. As the shield hero, the weakest of the heroes, as all is not as it seems. Naofumi is soon alone, penniless, and betrayed. With no one to turn to and nowhere to run, he is left with only his shield. Now Naofumi must rise to become the legendary shield hero and save the world! Ueno-san wa Bukeyo from La Spirit. The story centers on Ueno, a genius inventor who is in the third grade of her at her junior high school. She also serves as the head of the school's science club and secretly falls in love with one of its members, second grade student Tanaka, her second year, I guess. Using her eccentric inventions, Ueno tries to confess her love to him indirectly, but her attempts always ends in failure. <laughs> virtual San wa Miteru from Lide. It's an anime featuring various virtual YouTubers. Alright. I I bet there's like a better way to pronounce this next series, but we're just gonna go with W Z because it's like W uh line Z. I forget what the line's called. Parenthesis? Not parenthesis. Whatever. It's either Wuz or W Z from Gohans. 
The anime centers on Yukia, who is probably 14 years old. He spends his time DJing alone. Due to his father's influence, he's listened to house music since he was young, and he uploads videos online. <laughs> he wants to convey something to someone. He wants to be recognized but mo and become important. But getting hurt is scary. One day, while trying to get more views, he does something that can't be undone. He sees a live broadcast from that world. Yukia believes he can't do anything alone, but that he can he could accomplish something if he were doing it together with someone else. Watashi ni Tenshi ga Mairo... Mayo Rita from Dogakobo. The four-panel comedy manga story centers on Miyako Hoshino, a shy college student in otaku. Miyako's younger sister, Hinata, who is a fifth grader, has a classmate and a friend named Hana. When they meet, Miyako falls for Hana at first sight. And finally, we have Yakusoku no Neverland, or The Promised Neverland from Cloverworks. Emma, Norman, and Ray are the brightest kids at the Gracefield House Orphanage, and under the care of the woman they refer to as mom, all the kids have enjoyed a comfortable life. Good food, clean clothes, and the perfect environment to learn. What more can an orphan ask for? One day, though, Emma and Norman uncover the dark truth of the outside world they are forbidden from seeing. Apparently this thing's a big deal, because everyone's talking about it, and I don't... I've never read the manga, so I'm like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Something I'll check out, though. Uh, a bunch of stuff is coming over from fall. Uh, Fairy Tale, second season of Ace Attorney, Hinamaru Sumo, uh, Jojo Golden Wind, Karakuri Circus, Run with the Wind, Oko Shiasu Chitose-chan, Pingo in the City 2, Radiant, Sword Art Online, Alicization, Ten or, uh, Slime, Reincarnated into Slime, uh, Index Anime, I forget what the English title is, and then Yao Shinji, third season. Uh, not as many TV shorts, actually. At least not on any chart. Uh, Amareo Coco Side G, Hulang Babies, Monaria Friends, and Mini Toji. And then we got some movies. Uh, there's this new City Hunter movie. Which I, every time I see City Hunter, like the old stuff, I'm like, I should watch that series. But I don't know if like there's a good, like, easy way to watch that. But it looks like it would be my brand. <laughs> uh, there's a Code Geass movie. Um, of course, the biggest movie of, of winter, Love, Life, Sunshine, the school idol movie, Over the Rainbow, which just came out. There's a Made in Abyss movie, or there's like two of them. There's an Osamatsu movie, and there's like three Psychopaths movies. Everyone's getting a movie. Uh, there's some OVAs. Uh, there's a OVA from My Hero Academia that comes with the, the movie they put out last year, I guess. Uh, Honda-san anime, or OVA, Golden Kamui anime, or OVA. High School Girl, the last episodes of that are coming out later, like around March or April. Uh, there's a Lupin the Third OVA, Fate Grand Order OVA, Persona 5 will probably finally end, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and then a Watoki Nikoe wa Muzukashi OVA. And then that's pretty much it. That's winter in a nutshell. Let's take a brief look at spring and try and figure out what's happening there uh some sequels like bungo straight elk 3 chihaya furo 3 those are all hitting in the spring i feel like there's something else uh mix is hitting which is gonna be interesting to see one punch man season two that's probably what i was thinking of uh attack on titan part two of season three which is that's a mouthful That seems pretty much it. Oh yeah, the the Pop Team Epic thirteenth episode hits on the on April first because of course it would. Um, 
And then in summer, there's going to be Dr. Stone. And that's pretty much it. Well, there's other stuff, but, like, not stuff that I'm, like, recognizing. So, I can't really comment on. All that's happening. I doubt anything for fall is up. Well, maybe there is. Bang Dream, third season. Oh, yeah, My Hero Academia, season four. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Obviously, there's going to be more stuff coming being announced as the year goes on but as of now of course not a whole lot happening but that's just the way things go but uh that's uh that's gonna be winter 2019 all the shows that are airing so probably some stuff that you'll watch probably some stuff that i'll watch obviously some stuff i'll watch <laughs> but uh that's that's it in a nutshell um and that's gonna wrap this episode up so hello welcome not welcome or thanks for listening uh if you'd like more from 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 the podcast and everything, go to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA and Jared and I'll Watch. Those are two great podcasts, both weekly podcasts. Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA is the podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. And then Jared and I'll Watch is where me and the other hosts of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA and Ladium, we watch shows on a week-to-week basis. Well, we watch a show, an episode on a week-to-week basis and talk about it. Uh, we've done... Salem and Crystal, Love Life Sunshine. We are currently going through K-On. So they're both great podcasts to listen to. Uh, check out the website for columns and reviews. There's a. I wrote a piece about Love Life Sunshine and the uh, their first trip to Tokyo and how that basically defines the entire series going forward, uh, which was a fun thing to write about. And also the 2018 Game of the Year awards, which if you're thinking, if you're wondering about anime of the year, uh, that is covered on the seasonal anime checkup OVA episode. For Game of the Year, we do talk about Anime of the Year in the very beginning of that episode, so if you're curious about that, uh, go check that out. I believe that's episode 107. Um, I think that, that's, that's that's it for me. Oh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. That's where Twitter is. So uh, we will reconvene in a few months, well, like April. That sounds about right. We will bask through all of March, or all, not all of March, all of winter. And uh, we'll preview spring, as we usually do. So uh, look forward to that, and we will we'll we'll talk again in in a few months.